Welcome everybody to The State, where we talk about the state of key issues inside of the church. My name is Nathan Frankhauser, and today I have, as you can see, my lovely wife in with me. Hello. <laughs> this is awesome. I wasn't going to ask you to say hello, because Sean made fun of me when I did that, right? Say hello, Sean. He said, hello, Sean. Oh, if I well. say so, yeah, okay, so moving on. Today, what we're going to talk about is entertainment and parenting, which should be an intriguing conversation for you and I, as we are in the throes of raising four little creatures. Mm -hmm. Yes, it's quite crazy. So um, so in talking about entertainment and parenting, uh, we, we're going to talk about a particular thing, and that is like the, the, um, the pros and cons of different types of entertainment, uh, all of those kind of things. What we're not going to talk about, though, in this, because obviously the state is about issues in the church, we're not talking about entertainment within the church. The old saying that's used a lot is that what you, what you win people with is what you win them to. So if it's flashy lights and fog machines, you win them with that, then they're going to expect that as they move forward. And so you can't ever let down your inner, you know, your entertaining ways. Um, A.W. Tozer said it, it was quite fascinating. He said, if you win people with the, uh, with the potato salad, you better make a lot of potato salads. So uh, when it comes to the church, the disclaimer will be over in just a second, but when it comes to the church, we win people with the gospel of Jesus and, uh, and we move on from that. We, we allow people to, to be uh, attracted continually to the gospel of Jesus. But this morning, what we're going to talk about is uh, entertainment in parenting. What works, what doesn't work. We live in a we live in a very entertainment driven culture, I would mm. say, and uh, there's a lot of um, there's a lot of options out there. Is the way I guess I there would are, say. There are so. the entertainment society that we have now. The, the entertainment's at your fingertips. Where even just when you and I were kids, is vastly different. Um, like yeah, what? Well, okay, so hold on a second. What video games did you play when you were a kid? Sonic the Hedgehog. Okay, Sonic the Hedgehog, because it was Sega Genesis, <laughs> right? And I was, uh, I'm a whole one year older than you. Whether people will ever understand that or not, I'm only one year older than you, and uh, uh, I look like I'm 80 years older, but uh, <laughs> one year older. And I remember having our first Atari. I remember yes. having Hubert. Um, I remember having a Commodore 64 computer, mm -hmm. and we'd play those games like um, what was the one game where you had to type in the uh, um, it was it was a scenario based game, and so like, yeah. sorry you died of diphtheria or something. <laughs> you remember that yeah, Oregon like Trail? See, I, I appreciate Adam being here because without it we would have not known Oregon Trail. So so Oregon Trail, we played that actually in school. You remember when you made the first transition over to a computer lab versus the typewriter? We didn't play games. Lab? We studied. Yes, we were very studious. Uh, my bad, Williamsburg. You guys, you guys are known <laughs> epically for your. <laughs> no, I'm moving on. We're very intellectual. I might need to stop now. But anyway, so so we like we grew up with entertainment, but it's gone to an entirely new level. Mm. Um, I read an article not too long ago that said the um, the number one game produced the number one game produced and has made the most money of all times. It's a 
It's kind of an older franchise now, but it still makes tons of money is actually Grand Theft Auto, which nice. honestly sets us sets us in to a really important part of the conversation, which is um, when we were coming up, video games are not bad, right? We, mm. You would agree that, hey, that's fine. I think too many video games is terribly bad because when you're planted in your phone or in your video game and you don't actually talk to the people sitting across the couch from you, we've got a problem, correct? You would, you would have that, but video games aren't innately bad. And so we played Sonic the Hedgehog. We played Mario brothers. Don't get me wrong. I played some games that weren't as, um, as good as those (laughs) wholesome as those, right? But now the most popular game and the leading franchise is Grand Theft Auto. Like that, that seems above Call of Duty. At least you can find something redeemable about that. Like you're training modern day a little, something warriors, noble about it, maybe right. But uh, so it's very interesting. So let's just deal with video games, for example. Like we have four little girls, and we don't want them just sitting in front of a screen all day. No. Well, we don't even own a video game of any kind other than what is on their little tablet. Right. So it's easy for us to be a little bit religious and say, get rid of your video games when we still do uh, play on our cell phones and our tablets. So they're video games. They're, you know, it's a game based in this video format in this digital We don't have a console of any kind, I guess is what I'm, that's what I'm saying. But yeah, they do have, but they're limited to 30 minutes on it. So and that Which they don't like. Of course, they're like they don't. I was just getting started. Like what is what's the intrigue though? Like I I keep asking myself this question: What's the intrigue of a video game over sitting down? Let's say we had girls like Sam is six and she's she's learning to read now and she's getting you know better at it. What is the intrigue of a video game versus a book? I guess we could ask the same question. What was the intrigue of a movie over a book? It's something that racks my I rack my brain with a lot. Well, I, first of all, it, it engages more of your senses. Which does? The there's, video game The video does? game, there's, okay. there's sound, there's, there's sight. Um, if you're playing the video game, you know you have your hand movements. It engages more of you. Okay. Um, but as far as like movies go, you don't have to do anything. You sit there. Yeah. Somebody else did the imagining for you. They put forth all the effort. It's pure entertainment for you. So, so in bringing that up, we're talking now we bridge into something very important in my mind that says a book allows your imagination mm-hmm. to create what the world you're reading of or what you're reading about. It it creates what that world looks like. Mm-hmm. whereas a video game or even a movie has done the creating for you. But you've brought up a good point about video games where it engages another part of their their senses, so there, there's, a, mm-hmm. there's a play-along factor to it. Yeah. Whereas a movie, unless, unless you're my mom and dad and you just argue with the television, right? <laughs> unless that's the case, um, it's, it's largely just a spectator sport. Yeah. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. So, well, and then there's... Video games now are different than when we grew up because there's a social interaction now because a lot of them are internet-based. Right. So you've got this community actually with other gamers that aren't even in your house or wherever that you can actually interact with 
via the video game. Right. We didn't have that option when we no. were kids. So there's even a social aspect where even though somebody's not right there with you, you can bring other people in and it's it's kind of building this community yeah. and you feel like you're a part of something bigger, Right. Um, which I understand that that can be cool. Um, but I think it can also be there's something lost when you don't have to use your brain to imagine anymore. You know, when you right. read words on a page, and this is in the case of, of movies, this isn't so much video games, but video games too, they move very fast. Everything you you have fast. to think quick, you have to move quick, you have to make decisions quick. And I guess that could hone that skill to be decisive or whatever. But when it comes to movies and things, it can be nice to just veg out. Okay. Yes. My brain is overworked. I just, I need somebody else to do my thinking for me. Um, and I just want to be entertained. I want to escape to another world for a minute. That's fine. I can escape to another world in a book. I love reading. Yeah. And I can engage in it so much, probably because I'm a thinker and I do have a vivid imagination to a, a degree. Um, that takes me to another world. But I don't think the more movies and video games and social media and things become popular, the ability to use your own imagination is lost. It, there's something some getting ways. lost there. Yeah. Um, so I think we have to be careful because I, that is an important part of you. And I think not only do we have to be careful in that, but we also have to be careful in how we judge it. Okay, so yes. let me kind of think outside the box for a second. When you're watching a movie versus reading a book, uh, they the the art department in that movie, the casting directors, all you know, the costume people, they've created, you know, in the scenery, they've they've created all of this stuff for you, and so in mm -hmm. some ways, you might. Um, you might suspend your imagination because someone has created the canvas and the artwork and all that for you. There's a tendency for us to judge that and say, reading a book allows you imagination, but this new, you know, television, this new whatever, that's the actual problem. But I have a problem with us jumping quick to judgment on that because back in the day when when people went to plays, when they mm. watched theater, yeah. those people created a world for them. They had set designers, they had costumes, they had all those kind of same things. And I don't believe it's wrong to disengage that imagination. No. I believe that, you know, we, we talked last week on the on the state about, about creativity in the church. I believe that somebody put their God-given abilities in the creation of those sets and of, you know, of those costumes. And so there's something awesome about that. And we can get entertainment from someone else's design, and we should, right? But I think there's also something, not either or, but there's something about allowing somebody to imagine the world for us, and we experience it, and us being allowed to imagine the world for ourselves. Mm -hmm. I, I remember um, as a kid, I read Lord of the Rings and I read C.S. Lewis, you know, yeah. Chronicles of Narnia and, you know, the different, you know, leading up stories and, and different things. And when the movies came out for both of these films or when the cartoon you know, adaptations of them came out for these films, I remember thinking, that's not what Gandalf looks like. <laughs> I remember thinking that, you know, that's not what, you know, uh, you know, I don't remember Lucy being this way in Chronicles of Narnia or I, I didn't picture her this way. Right. Um, and there's nothing right or wrong about that. That was just, this is how their imagination saw it. This is how my imagination saw it. I do believe that with our kids, 
we've got to cultivate both. We need to be cultivating both. We need to cultivate an appreciation for someone else's imagination. That way our kids, to me, so our kids will play well with each other. Yeah. Sam wants to imagine everything to the exclusion of Kate and Joe's imagination. Like, yes. no, 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 you imagine it my way, <laughs> right? So she, she may be a movie, movie director at some point in her future. She'd be good at it. She's she, a good boss. She is. So, but, so she's got to be careful um, to appreciate another's imagination yeah. at the same time cultivating her imagination. Yeah. This, is what, this is why teaching her to read and making time, setting times aside for just reading mm-hmm. are important. That's why the limitation on things like the tablet or the, you know, the leap pad or whatever it is, uh, their video games, um, setting a time limit on that so that we can balance it with a, like, I love when they're playing in the yard. Why? It's entertainment. It is oh, entertainment. They, they imagine the craziest wild stuff. things that they want me to engage with them sometimes. And I'm like, I don't know how I tell them my imagination maker is broken. Yeah. <laughs> I grew up and I can't do that anymore. <laughs> right. Like yesterday they played in the puddle that was created by the storm on the ditch line. You and yes. I as homeowners Whoops. and our neighbors look at it and say, how do we fix the problem? Our daughters looked at it and said, it's a river that we this get to play. This is great. In. They turned their plastic picnic table upside down, put it in the water and pretended it like it was a boat. boat. Yeah. Not in my mind. Right. I, so I, now there's an upside down picnic table in our yard, but that's great to them. And you know, <laughs> They came in dripping wet and freezing. And so maybe the problem but here. But I would rather them do that than sit right. for two hours and watch TV. Maybe the problem in, in this whole discussion is that we're the ones with the broken imaginations and the broken understanding of entertainment, and they kind of get it intrinsically. But, of course, the adults, we got to put parameters on certain things. So, so they have a boat. That's fascinating. I would have loved to have seen that. Did you take a picture of that? No, not the boat no. part. Just them jumping in the puddle. That was before the boat. Yes, yes. Okay. So so video games, that's one form of entertainment. We want to put a limit on that because um, my philosophy has been we want to put a limit on that because we want them to interact socially with their family. I tell the girls all the time, one of these days you're going to realize you're the best friends each of you have. Mm-hmm. So... You must get this in your head now that you can't isolate, run into your room, kind of play by yourself all the time. There are, there times, are times for that. When they do need that. They, they've got to, and that, that's another thing where I run into, where do you draw the line between they need to learn to play together and making sure they each get enough space to breathe Yeah. I think the question we're asking ourselves, though, all the time as a mom and a dad, I think the question we're asking ourselves all the time is, is um, what do they need alone time for or what do they need social time for? Mm -hmm. Some of both of those are for entertainment value. Entertain yourself. We say this as parents all the time. Go entertain yourself. Right. Um, We say entertain yourselves. so they need that kind of in, in, you know, alone time, but we also want them to entertain themselves together. We also want them to have alone time because that is a reality of life. Sometimes we're alone. There's no, nothing wrong with this. Sometimes our friends have other things to do. 
right? Mm-hmm. So if we don't, this is another important part for me, is that if we don't cultivate in them entertaining themselves and imagining themselves and having that, when their friends all are busy, they're going to be depressed. Mm-hmm. They're going to be let down because they're going to feel like they don't have anything to do. But if we can cultivate alone time, a, a value to alone time, and how to entertain themselves in this without a video game necessarily, we yeah. could jump into that. Yeah. And two, I think there's some personalities. Uh, well, every personality needs different things. Right. So one might be extremely social. They need that social interaction and they need busyness where another may be, they need a slower pace. They need time to process, time to think, you know, time to work through things. They need a lot more alone time, quiet. This Um, is you and me. Yeah. The difference of you and me. It's the difference of Sam and Kate. Yes. So Kate does not know how to read at all. And yet she always has a book in her hand. Pretending she, she can will read. make up her own story yes. based on the pictures. Super cool imagination. Yes. Likewise, though, Sam has an imagination. Yes, she, she doesn't root that wall. imagination in a book, though. Hers is not often even steeped in reality. So I think she'll probably be. <laughs> it never is. Steeped she in will reality. seriously. She'll be drawn more towards like um, fantasy and things that aren't are not necessarily based on the world we know. Right. She can make up her own world, and it's right. wild. Yes. Um, whereas Kate is is she enjoys taking what's there and coming up with something. Um, but Kate needs more time to think and process. So sometimes I have to put her in the other room and say, just take some quiet time. Absolutely. You need 10 minutes by yourself. And, you know, I'll tell her sisters, don't bother Kate. Just she's get, she's taking some rest, whatever. Right. She doesn't have to go to sleep or anything. Right. But that's necessary for her. And she, since she is so young, she doesn't know how to structure that for herself yet. So I have to kind of create that for her. Yeah. You know, um, she, she knows naturally she needs something, but she doesn't know what it is. And mama comes in with wisdom and says, I I know the problem. You, you need to take a time out, not an in trouble time out, but here you go. Just take some alone time. Yeah. Um, and so some, some things like, uh, Okay, like a lot of the cartoons and things they have now, they're very fast-moving, lots of noise, flashy. They're busy. They're fast. And so it's hard for someone that's a slower processor to follow those things. Right. And so whereas other kids or people may follow that perfectly fine. Um, but I think we have to be aware of that, first of all. And when it comes to our children, know that, as they're developing, their minds are developing. Yeah. If we're constantly engaging them with fast, flashy things that have, they have to speed up to keep up with, I wonder how much of the distracted and hyperactive nature of our culture, yeah. or like how much has that created that hyper-distracted nature, that yeah. inability to concentrate, bred so in our is, children, and we don't even mean to. Here's how I see that. Uh, creating a problem. Um, it So everything's fast-paced. Everything is segmented. You know, we have these 10 to 15-minute segments. We have commercial breaks. We have all these other things. Yeah. Um, now, don't get me wrong. There, there needs to be a greater discussion on that because with the advent of on-demand television where we can all skip the commercials, yeah. um, we're not as distracted by commercials as people like to say because we just skip them. 
like everybody seems yeah. to just pass over them. But when we create a high paced, everything's changing, uh, you know, image on the screen or entertainment thing, I think we create in our kids a need for high paced, ever changing entertainment. You see right. what I'm saying? So, so this is what you said is normal. And now that's what they need as normal. So when you go to slow them down, it is like... They don't know how. No, you like you are pulling teeth. Like mm-hmm. you, it is a problem inside of them. And so uh, where entertainment comes in parenting is knowing the different types of entertainment. Yes. Understanding that video games can be entertaining. Movies can be entertaining. Plays and... Theater can be entertaining. Ballet, dance, and sports can be entertaining. Uh, Books can be entertaining. Social interaction are all entertaining. But we have to balance those things to the best of our ability. Here's the question then. What does that look like biblically? Is there a precedent biblically? I mean, can we look to Scripture? Because I don't know of a Scripture that says, you know, expressly, states anything Thou about shalt be entertainment. entertainment. Yeah, right. entertainment. So I I believe that we I believe that we see it, but I believe we see it based on the the creation order of things, okay? And so let me explain this. First of all, we're created by a creator. Okay? So we're created in the image of God. Now, we we need to again have another discussion on the fact that we all have the image of Adam now. We have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And so we've tainted that image. But as image bearers, so the thing that we're being remade into, as image bearers, we find it natural to create, even among people who say, I'm not creative. I think we talked about this in, Mm. in the podcast last week. But even those who don't believe they're creative, we, uh, we are naturally a creative people. We don't create everything. Everything we create is not intended for a worship service. Okay? So I may write a song. It may bring glory to God, but it, is not, it was not my intent to write the song as a what we call a modern-day worship song. It wasn't intended for that purpose. Therefore, it does have some instilled creative uh, entertainment value. We paint things. Why do we paint things? We don't just set up a painting in a room and say, that's bringing glory to God. We marvel at the painting, which makes us marvel at the gift given to us and the giver who gave the gift. Do you see where I'm going with this? So I believe, although I'm not, I'm not quoting a chapter and a verse, I believe that when we see the, the flow of Scripture, we understand a creator made creative people, and we create things that we enjoy. That's entertainment value. Yeah, sure. Right. There's nothing wrong with entertainment. So, so my point is, that's a biblical uh, precedent for entertainment. Okay. I think where you're going a little bit deeper is... How do we know biblically what is valuable entertainment versus what is just nonsense? Yeah. Uh, what is, or heaven forbid, valuable versus negative, bad for us? Okay. Get, yeah, I'm just wondering, can we find a, a line in scripture where, because I know obviously they have music, mm-hmm. but in every, in most cases that I can think of, when music was utilized in scripture it was all 
for giving glory to God? Not fully. So like okay. if you go to the book of Daniel, you realize that they brought in entertainment before the kings. Okay. They would okay. they would entertain the kings. Now, I'm not saying we take our cues from the pagan world, but I am saying that they would bring in entertainment for the king. Saul brought in entertainment to soothe his heart, to soothe his spirit, right? Of course, he had an evil spirit, but, <laughs> right? Hey, there's something. Anyway, but, <laughs> but my, my point in all of this is we do have precedent for it. We still have to have a, uh, a governor over it, right? Guarding our hearts, as you brought up uh, before the podcast, right? So how do we do that? Um, well, that means we got to look at entertainment. So I think this is a natural segue into a, another conversation about entertainment and children. And that is, okay, so we both would agree, and hopefully people will agree, you can find entertainment in many ways. It's moderation in all of those things. Yes. Don't, don't obsess over anyone. Make sure that you have a balance inside of this. Now, let's deal with the content of that particular entertainment. Let's deal with the, is it, is it edifying? Is it building up? Does it tear down? Mm-hmm. Is it, this is something the Bible says, right? We will, we will be judged by every uh, idle word that we speak. Is it idle? Like there's actually something in the scripture that, that gives us, you know, pause to say, is it okay biblically to just unplug and to be idle? Is it okay? Or should we be reflecting on greater glory and the kingdom, the kingdom of God? I'm just, I'm asking questions. I don't have a particular philosophy for that. So good video games, bad video games. What's the problem with telling your kids you can't play Grand Theft Auto? Because it teaches you that stealing is okay? No, no, no. Well, (laughs) I I get, listen to the name, right? Grand Theft Auto. I'm fine. I get that. What I'm saying is why do many parents, even Christian parents, not tell their kids no? I guess because they feel like it's not real. It's just a video game. Okay, with Grand Theft Auto. Right. Why do they not tell their kids no? It's morally reprehensible. It's just stupid, right? There's people that are... I mean, we're committing acts that we shouldn't even talk about, okay? Mm -hmm. says in Scripture, they do things that we shouldn't even... Uh, discuss. We like this is crazy. Why do good Christian parents? Well, that's debatable. Maybe they're just not being diligent. Maybe diligence. Maybe they don't know. That's a. Maybe they're yeah. Maybe they don't know. Maybe they're more akin to wanting their kids to like them than for their kids to be grown and trained in the right way. I mean, I know uh-huh. all of these things can be judgmental sounding, and convicting to some, but they're they're legitimate. Like as a dad, I, my job. I am the man in our household. <laughs> Sadly, I'm the, the only man, only <laughs> right? Four girls, a wife, and a dog that's been neutered. I am the only oh, man gosh. in the house. So <laughs> the point is that, but as head of the house, as the man, I have a responsibility to be to cast the vision and, and set the stand, according to God's word, for what is acceptable and what is not acceptable. And that makes me the bad guy sometimes. I'm sure when I'm gone most of the day and you're the bad guy, right? <laughs> well, and it's I hard told, for you yeah, too. it is, but yeah. 
it's hard. It's hard. So, so there, so a lot of times parents don't want to, um, parents don't want to tell their child no. So they allow things that should not be allowed in a Christian context. Okay. Even if, okay. So let's say we were to argue this from a deeper level and say, Kids need to be able to judge appropriately for themselves what is okay biblically, what is not okay biblically. You realize that the problem here is, unless you have built the foundation in them, they don't know good judgment skills. Unless you have built the foundation that this is morally wrong and this is morally right, and we have no, why would we celebrate what is wrong? And why would, you know, this is 1 Corinthians 13 in love. Love celebrates, does not celebrate unrighteousness, but celebrates truth. If we have not built that firm foundation, we should not be surprised that they can't make a good judgment. We've not done the job. And Mm -hmm. as a father, this is the way I view it. If my family does this, I haven't done my job. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to point the finger at Eve, okay? I'm not going to say, sorry, the, the wife you gave didn't do her job. No, I didn't do my job. I have a responsibility. So when it comes to entertainment, all entertainment is not neutral. It's, it's not, you can't just, Grand Theft Auto is not the same as Sonic the Hedgehog. It doesn't uh-huh. matter what no. anybody says. It's not. Um, so get it, gauging them on how to learn is important. Movies, it is not the same to watch just a, whatever movie and uh you know Just i don't because care it's a cartoon it doesn't mean it's kid appropriate right well absolutely not um especially not in our culture no. modern culture so so just because it's a cartoon doesn't make it necessarily better than braveheart and you've got to be careful which you allow your kids to make the judgment call mm-hmm. on i i always go back to this analogy it's like it's like uh, feeding our kids a well-balanced diet. If I ask my four little girls what they want for dinner every night, broccoli or chocolate donuts, <laughs> they go with chocolate donuts every time. However, if I teach them this is valuable for, for your health and this is a fun treat, great. Now, we're talking about morality in video games so or in movies, and that is, you know, if you're at an age-appropriate level where you can make a discernment call on this, good. But until then, I am your discerning mechanism. <laughs> I am dad. Hear me yes. roar. Yeah. Uh, so I think that's important. Well, we're talking a lot about video games and movies, but there's plenty of other kinds yes. of entertainment. Um, yeah, and we're going to, and if we're not careful, we we go to the negatives of these things quickly. We can say, well, here's the woes, stay away from it. Yeah. Um, but if we talk about entertainment in parenting in the positive side, uh, movies can open your kids' eyes to um, a greater, more vivid imagination because a really good imaginer showed them yeah. what a dragon looks like. Right. Or what, you know, flying or something like, you know, shows them that. A really well-written book doesn't just teach your kids to invest in their own imagination, but it also has the side benefit, which I think is actually the primary benefit, but it has the side benefit of making them a better writer themselves someday. I mean, if you study, sure. you know, if you read War and Peace, it's very different from... 
you know, uh, Dr. Seuss. <laughs> and yet Dr. Seuss can make you very creative in your, in your writing, but there is something profound about reading good writers. Mm-hmm. So that's, these are good things about it. Yeah. I think. Whether there's all thing, would you consider social media entertainment? I do believe it's entertainment because when you have your friends over to your house, you're, you are entertaining, right? What do, what do we say when we have people over for dinner? We're entertaining. That's the point. So yeah, I believe it's entertainment. So social media is a, an example of this. Yeah. Now that's something that you and I personally don't don't care for, but really care for, and we don't engage in. So it's yeah. not it's a non-issue in our house. Right. So we're not on Facebook. We could we spend all day talking the about the cons to social media, but, but yeah. there's enough articles written on it. What are what are the pros of that kind of entertainment? Of social media? Yeah. Well, it get, keeps people connected in ways that they didn't right. used to be. Right. You know, long time ago, you you know, you wrote a letter to somebody if you wanted to converse with them long distance, and but now we can see that as a negative can, too. We can click a button, and we can either type back and forth, or we can see each other live. Right. Or you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So there, there's pros to it. Right. And I think. But they're finding more and more statistics are showing that the cons are beginning to outweigh the pros. And it's actually creating anxiety and things in people. Right. Proverbs tells us Proverbs tells us that uh, we should uh, we shouldn't be in our neighbor's house so frequently, lest our neighbor hate us. Right. They get tired Um, of you. They get tired of you, right? They grow tired of you and they hate you. The funny part about this is that that is still true in the social media culture. The reason why there's so much angst and hatred and depression and all these things is because we are digitally in our neighbors' houses 24 seven. Mm-hmm. When I've, you can know too much about someone, absolutely. there is such a thing as privacy, and privacy absolutely. is good. We just need to convince the NSA that's true, but they they don't think that they can <laughs> know too much. Say? Yeah, what well, they're they're listening now anyway. So, but so so social media. We've got movies. We've got We've got theater, we've got books, we've got video games, uh, we, we have sports. All of these, I think we could sum up the criticisms with all of them by saying, if you take them all too seriously, if you go full on with all of these things, um, they have natural side effects. So if you... If you are, and they could be good and bad, or they could be neutral. If you give all your life as a kid to your sports, you you will miss out on other things. You're entertained, mm-hmm. you're enjoying it, but you will by default miss out on some other things, okay? Um, are you willing to pay that cost? Because in life, there's a cost to everything, right? So mm-hmm. are you willing to pay that cost? Parents, when it comes to the entertainment that your kids are allowed to watch, are you willing to pay the cost that all that uh, particular entertainment brings about? If you allow your kids to sit in front of the television or video games or even the book for uh, hours upon hours upon hours, you probably shouldn't, if you allow it, and dad specifically, right? If you allow it, don't be mad when they don't listen to you when you're talking to them. (laughs) Right, because their headphones are on. You know, I mean, this is they're just, in another world. They're in another world. There, there's a cost to it, and it's just it's natural to it. 
So if we were to sum up entertainment and parenting, if we were, I mean, this is a big conversation like anything else, right? If we were to sum up entertainment and parenting, what would you say, what, what tips would you give to parents? Whether it's, we only know young kids, so we would be, we would be presumptuous to speak to parents of teenagers. We may have biblical precedent for it, but, but we'd be presumptuous. How about parents with little kids? What would we say about entertainment? What would you say about entertainment? Um, I would say you can't be too careful. Right. Um, be diligent. Okay. So you can't be too careful on content, on any of those things. Be diligent. What does diligent look like to you? Uh, it means that <laughs> I would say just because I... How about this? Uh, Until you've trained your children to guard their hearts, you have a job to, tra- to guard yes. their hearts. I guess I'm thinking in a practical sense, what steps would a, a parent have to take? Right. Um, just because a movie... Okay, example. You and I have been watching on Netflix the show called Anne with an E because it was Anne of Green Gables. Yeah. And, and then you all... shouldn't be able to screw up Anne with Green Gables. Okay, Anne of Green Gables is written for you. It's a book. <laughs> I know. Okay, and it was written and it's in about the trash a time camera. at the turn of the century, and yet they had to introduce all of a sudden Our in modern one context. One episode, it was clean, it was fine. We were letting the kids watch it with us. All of a sudden, and I was thankful that you and I were watching this episode alone. Yeah. When this, all of a sudden, this homosexuality issue popped up. Yeah. It was blatant, it was uh, readily accepted and even encouraged. And the the, the one girl who, exactly. who was appalled and, and disturbed by it was painted as... Um, she was a bigot. Yeah, sort of. Yeah. Yeah. She's the one who's confused and everybody else uh, just gets She just light. has to come along in yeah. the, the idea. You know, like she's she's just sheltered. Yeah. She was sheltered. An- she didn't know. Another example of And it's of this. like, well, now we can't watch that show. Right. It was Anne of Green Gables. Now, now again, you're, we're going to, we catch flack from that, right? The flack that yeah, comes right so. off the bat says, says yeah. um, you're teaching your kids to be judgmental. No. No. But, no, I'm teaching my right. kids to guard their hearts. Right. And that that's a challenge, right? What I'm talking to a, a fellow father in our father's group uh, at church, and he, he said, you know, they went to the library, they ran a book, and they're reading through this book, and it was just, it was a typical kind of fairy tale book. They're charging, uh, you know, fighting the dragon, winning the thing over, you know, they're, the, the groom is, uh, the, or the groom, the uh, the. Print. The prince. prince is looking for the the princess, but he can't seem to find the right princess. He's fighting the dragon in the book. A knight comes along to fight the dragon with him, right? And and this father, he's reading this book with his with his kids, right? And he's going through this book, and he's doing this, and it's the theme of the book is find the right person and fight the dragon. And he turns the page, and the next page says that he the whole time he had found the right person. It was the prince and the knight, right? Yes, and so and had and, them holding and hands. So he's reading this to his daughters and he goes, 
And they slayed the dragon. They lived happily ever after or something like this, you know, because he's like, what What am I supposed to do here? You know, right. he's just inter- introducing this. So being diligent. I would say proof is... everything. When they're small, especially, <laughs> proof everything. Even if. So why don't we do that? Because we don't take well, the time. Well, it takes time. Right. And because I am no good at Grand Theft Auto. No, I've never played <laughs> it. But, but well, I'm not. Like, there is some discretion that you go, that's a stupid thing right off the bat. Just walk away, right? But proofing a book, that's hard because we don't want to give enough time to all of these things. And it feels like it feels like parenting is real work. Because it, it is. is. <laughs> so so there so there's a lot to this, but your point is I, as I'm hearing it, one of your cautions is until we until we get to the place where our girls can guard their hearts, we have been tasked with guarding their hearts. Mm-hmm. And I think for me, the biggest caution with any entertainment is don't demonize the 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 type of entertainment right off the bat. Um, but be a very good judge of its content in whatever uh, medium you have, right? So if it's video games, you don't just say video games are awful, but movies are okay. No, they can all be neutral. Yes. They can all be neutral. I still think reading is a valuable piece that goes above because it teaches you something something deeper, but uh, they can all be morally neutral unless the content is a problem. And so you have to be very careful uh, to moderate that content. Mm -hmm. So I think that's awesome. I think we've, I think we've talked at a good length about this and we'll continue to, of course, have this. Um, As you know, this has been the state, uh, the podcast where we talk about issues in the church. Uh, the state of key issues in the church. I'll do that again uh, sometime later. But anyway, (laughs) this has been the state where we talk about key issues within the church. Uh, I want to thank Sarah for being with me today. She's awesome and has a great head on her shoulders. If you're interested in more content like this, please go ahead and click the subscribe button on YouTube or the bell icon. You'll get emails about it. If you're listening on SoundCloud or iTunes, give us a good rating on those things and um, subscribe there as well so that you are well informed. Have a wonderful day.